good. Okay, once again, I'm back with my good buddy, John Byron Haney, and this is part two of our podcast. Um, so one of the things that, that I think probably people would be interested in knowing is kind of the momentum that you use to go from one show to the next, how you handle the travel and all of that kind of thing, because as much performing as you're doing, pal, this is grueling. I mean, it's almost like being a truck driver, a mover, and an entertainer all in one show. Well, it is, Riley. Uh, I played this past weekend. I went down to, I played in Hallettsville, Texas, which is down below I-10, kind of down between Seguin and Houston. Yeah. And that, that was Saturday. And then Monday night, I was in Oklahoma City. Uh, I was in, in, and so that a lot, of, a lot of traveling, yeah. And and the price of fuel does eat it, eat into your your pay. That's for sure. But always try to, uh, you know, determine how much, how far it is where I'm traveling to, to determine the the pricing. You know, that goes into yeah. T- talk a little bit about that because that's something you and I both have to deal with. We talk about traveling. I was in Memphis, Tennessee, for a show the weekend before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And played Kansas City, uh, Oklahoma, played Arkansas, Louisiana, of course, all over yeah. Texas. But yeah. when we do these, when you do these shows, what are some of the factors that you take in? For example, do you often spend the night at, at an engagement? Or do you do any of that kind of thing? Well, if if I if it's far enough where I will spend the night, I'll I'll say, well, you have to either spring for a hotel room, or I'm, I'm but this price includes performance time, drive time, fuel, and and hotel. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of, most places I play, of course, I, I drive back, you know, like, uh, I was no, I played in Oklahoma City the night. Well, part of the price was included a hotel room. That was part of the price. And so, yep, absolutely. And that's about a four hour drive for you. Yeah. About four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm do, I, I don't do this for, for free. That's for sure. And I said, I want to, I've had to pay the expenses as well, but I want to put money in my pocket. <laughs> absolutely. Just, we did it for, for profit for sure. Well, absolutely. But I have other working, I have other bills to pay than just playing for gas to go to a gig. Sure, absolutely. And being a working professional musician means that you charge a fair market value for what it is that you do. Yeah. And um, so, so yeah. you mentioned travel and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. I I often take my wife with me on the longer gigs just because mm-hmm. I feel it's a little bit better. If, yeah. If I were to nod off at the wheel, she could slap me or something like that. Yeah. Do, you, yeah. do you do most of your travel alone, or do you have a companion? Well, most, most, you... most of the time I travel alone. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. I was. I'm not married. I was married once. But I'm not married now. But uh, uh, most of the travel alone. Yeah. And I, and you, I like. To, keep I, I, I like to drive. Huh? Wonderful. I was going to ask. You have to really kind of like that a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 nice. But but I know I I like to drive, and I and I love to travel. I I. I I really like that. I like that. I've got, I've got a real nice vehicle I can, I can travel in. And, uh, that, but that's part of it. Yeah. And it does get tiring. I mean, the road, the roads, especially after a gig and you, and you got a, a long drive ahead of you if, if you don't stay. And, uh, it's like, wow, man, the gig's over. The, the adrenaline is levels back down, you know, and, and now I got to drive home, but that's just part of it. You know, well, let's let's talk about that for a little bit. Do you have any favorite late night places to grab a bite to eat? Do you have any kind of music or whatever you listen to? Listen to podcasts or something on the way home? What do you do? Well, I, I, mostly I listen on the, on the way after a gig. I listen to maybe news talk or, 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 or podcast. Okay, you know, listen to find sports or I'll put on some put on some uh, uh, 
some road music. And I, but yeah, when I, especially after uh, after a gig, I like to listen to news talk. It helps just clear my clear my ears and not not so much music. I understand that completely because for those of us that have been doing this a while, our ears aren't the best. I mentioned oh, it in an earlier podcast. I had my ears know, tested exactly. about three months ago, and oh. I've got a major dip between three and 6,000 cycles. Oh, I'm God. not happy about that. I think I've got one, too. I need to have my ears tested. Well, you know, it's interesting. I went to a lady in Plano who did that, and it's kind of like my ear is a permanent smiley face EQ scoop. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> I, I drink a lot of coffee too. <laughs> it keeps, me, it keeps me up. Uh, as far as favorite favorite places to eat, Ali, I mean, I, I love In and Out Burger, In and Out Burger, Water Burger. I shouldn't eat that junk. I know late at night, but sometimes if you're hungry, you're just hungry. Well, yeah, absolutely. In particular, and I, drink, I and I drink a lot of water. Absolutely. Well, I, on, yeah, I think I think that's you know while we're talking about that, I've had this conversation with a lot of people over the years. And I think those of us that continue to have a lot of high water intake can do what we do for longer periods of time. Here's a question for you. What's the longest gig you played, like start to finish? Oh, my gosh. I did six hours one time, uh, I think, for a, for a private party. It's been years ago where they had me start like three in the afternoon and play till about nine or 10 at night. Of course, I took breaks. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But, but you know, you, you, you know, as I do, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a human jukebox and the voice can only last so long. And you, really really, you have to be careful because you will, you can just, you can you know, hurt your, hurt your vocal cords and if you do. But, uh, so I, I try to, you know, take breaks and, uh, of course there's always a break, but sometimes, but sometimes I have played, you know, two hours straight without a break. Uh, that's, that's about the maximum, you know. Well, the reason I ask these questions is that one of the things, candidly, that I do to prolong long shows is that I'll use the tracks, and you've you've heard me play, and I, I generally do yeah. tracks that I've made here at the house yes, um, so that I can spell myself or, or do an instrumental thing if my voice gets tired. Um, yeah. <laughs> and a six-hour gig is really long. That's a long gig. You know, you know it's even – even four-hour gigs along, and I, yeah. I have several four-hour gigs I play right right now. I play several four-hour yeah. gigs. Yeah, but uh, so, they realize that you need to take a break. Okay. So let's talk about your your King Biscuit talent, which is your voice. <laughs> do you do any warm ups or any exercise or anything specifically to be able to sing for as long I, as I, you do? I do. When I'm going to a gig, I put on some some songs on you know the on the on the radio and sing along with them a little bit to get warmed up, you know, uh, and usually right before I play, I may, you know, do the, that right. kind of thing. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, you need to, you need to warm up your voice. You just can't go right in there cold. You got to get the voice vocal cords. Yeah. Yes. So here's another question. And this is something I ran into last week. Let's talk about two a days or three a days. Have you ever done two shows in a day or even three shows in a day? Oh, abs Absolutely. I've got one coming up July the 1st. I've got to play a winery over near Cedar Creek Lake from uh, noon to three. And then that night I'm in Frisco at a place called DD's downtown playing from seven to 10. That's coming up July the 1st. But I, yeah, I do a lot of two shows. I have to look on my calendar to see what I have. I, I sure do. Yeah. So how do you pace yourself? Drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you just have you just have to realize, man. I've got two shows coming up today. I got two shows tomorrow, whatever, like that. You have to just kind of mentally prepare for that. You know, I don't. I'm trying not to do as as many 
now as I used to because I'm just I'm getting older and it's just it is it can't be grueling. Yeah. You know, but I have but I have done that and especially with when you play the first show, you set up your equipment, you play, you take down your equipment, load it in your vehicle, and you go to the next gig. Set it up, play, you know, tear it down again. Yeah. So and, uh, I, don't, I don't I don't make enough money to have my own roadie. <laughs> well let let's talk about that. Are hand trucks and or chiropractors a part of your life? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I've got a I've got a great car. It's a rock and roller. It's called it's made by a company called Rock. It's called a rock and roller. And it's my car. It's my best friend. <laughs> and I have a good I have a great chiropractor too. Here in course again. Because again, you know, I, I think folks by now, if you're doing any solo shows, and I hope that most of you that are listening to this are either thinking about it or have already begun a solo career. Many of you may be as far along as, as, as Byron and I are further. <clears throat> but I, I think it's important that you understand that you're doing several things. You have to be a business person. You have to be a performer. You have to be a salesperson. You have to be a bit of a moving company. You have to Absolutely. be a truck driver or a car driver. And we yes. wear all these different hats in order to be able to be standing or seated in front of people playing for somebody that thinks enough of what we do to pay us. Yes. And so what are those, any of those areas that when you became a solo performer, you thought, boy, I wish I'd done more of this in school. For me, it was business. I wish I'd done more business classes. Yeah, I wish I'd, have, I wish I'd have finished college and have a, have a degree in my might not be singing as, as much, you know, but, but, uh, but I, no, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade anything for it. I, and the people say, well, what would you do different? And I said, well, I wouldn't do anything different. I just maybe speed up the process a little bit, but, uh, you really have to enjoy doing what you're doing. Like I say, you are a truck driver and you're, you're, you can, you have to be a politician. You have to, <laughs> you have to, you have to do that too. You have to, you know, mingle with the crowd and, and, and learn how to talk to me and be nice to people and, you know, you, you can't be a you can't be a prima donna, even though there are. Oh, I lost you again. In, in this business, you have to be nice to people, and of course, that's in any business. You have to do that too. But uh, but being a performer, you have to you have to give it all you got on every show. Give them a hundred, sometimes one hundred and ten percent. You know, whether you feel like it or not, you have to you have to do that because it reflects. The crowd knows. I I played a place uh, Sunday in McKinney. I had a place called the Sticks Ice House, and uh, a guy came up and gave me, gave me a tip. He said, Byron, he said, I'm really enjoying your show. You can tell that you have a lot of passion with what you're doing. It reflects on your your stage. You have a lot of stage presence. It reflects in the way you talk to the crowd, the way you sing. He said, you are really a professional. I'm really enjoying this. And that that, that was so nice for that, for that guy to say to me. One of the good things that, do, that does happen is that, you know, um, being a solo performer, you're it, and you can almost tell immediately: uh, Am I am I doing what what is required? Am I doing it correctly? Are people like it? In other words, you get immediate, instantaneous feedback. I, I've uh, talked to people that have been in the television biz, and the one thing about that is that they'll cut a television program, and and they don't know until later on is it a hit or not. You know, yeah. and, and you can have uh, good actors, a good crew, good scripts and everything. And for whatever reason, it doesn't resonate yeah. with people. You've spent millions of dollars for nothing. And for what we were able to do, yeah. you go out there and you can start playing and singing and you know almost instantly, am I, is what I do resonate with other people or not? Yeah. And, uh, oh, oh, exactly. You're, you're exactly right. You, you know, right then when you're performing solo or live like that, you know, right then the people are going to take to you or, or not, you know, now I've had people you know, say, 
I don't really like country music, so I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stay here and listen. <laughs> I say, well, that's fine with me. You know? But I've had people say, you know, I really don't like country music, but you, what you do, you do well, and and that and that that flatters me too. One of the great things that happens after you've been doing it a while again is is that you get to a point where you can kind of tell, you know, okay, I'm going to need to play this for this group or that for that group. And oh, yeah. you mentioned about about people and personalities. Do you feel like you kind of already have a master's in in public in personal <laughs> relations and interpersonal relations? Well, that's something you had. If you don't, you develop it real quick. Uh, I, I, my, my, my father, he was, a, he was just a master at, at talking to people and he, he never, he, he never knew a stranger. In other words, but my mom, my mom was kind of a, she was the shy one, kind of a wallflower. And I was more like my mom for a long, long time. But playing music, especially the solo work has got me out of that little shell. And now I, I don't have a problem talking to people, going, going up to somebody, talking to them. You know, especially just basically during the show or after you know, on a break or something. Uh, you, have, you, have, you have to love what you're doing. You have to really love it. And I do love it. I do love I love performing for people. I love playing for people. And, uh, it's, it's, it's just so nice. And, I, of course, I, I, I write some songs. I'm not a prolific songwriter. And I, I do mostly cover tunes. But I'm constantly thinking the 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 people who wrote the songs that I'm able to sing, you know, it, it, whether, whether it's John Denver's music or George Strait's music, whoever, I like to know who wrote the songs and I like to tell stories. Well, this song was written by so-and-so in the year, whatever. And if this is a, you know, I like to tell stories when I play. So I give credit to songwriters too. You know? I think that's really important. Uh, Yancey Stevens and I talked about a buddy of, of his that uh, got a quarter of the credit for Amarillo by morning, which is a, yeah. you know, a song you do a bunch. I do that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and it, it's really interesting. And Yancey was very much about encouraging performers to write. So I guess that would be kind of the final area that I'd like to talk about today. And that is just what advice would you have for somebody that's beginning a solo performing career? Maybe they're coming out of a band environment or, you know, they've been taking some singing lessons and they feel now, you know, I get out there and play and accompany myself. What would, what would you suggest? What, what well, I just, just sing for whoever is willing to listen to you. Go out and, and uh, I, go out and uh, like I said, I, I perform at a lot of nursing homes and retirement communities, and they're and they're and they're starved for entertainment. They love entertainment. I start there if you want to if you want to get a get a gig plan. You know, just call just call the uh, uh, the manager or the or the activities director. Of some of these places you, you can get in that way. Or there's a lot of places that have that have live music. But the, like I said, we talk about the tools. Make a video. You know, with with your phone or, or, or get it professionally done and, and get you, get you a video either through a, through a podcast or a or YouTube and, and and get it start your web page get it online let let people see you that way too and uh, that's that's the way to that's the way to do it just sing for whoever you can for you know in, in front of just get out and, and just do it. So and I think one of the underlying things which we haven't talked much about is that you do a lot of marketing. You're you're constantly talking to people in order to be busy. I remember an interview with a guitarist and a, a, a guitar book writer and a great musician named Jimmy Stewart. He used to do a column in Guitar Player back in the late 1970s. Okay. And he said that he practiced guitar for two hours a day. Mm -hmm. He spent the other six hours looking for work so that tomorrow he could practice two hours a day. Yeah, exactly. 
And I think that was, I think that was phenomenal. How much practice did you do either growing up or even now as a musician, um, either learning material, maintaining material, getting better at material? How much, what, and what, what kinds of things did you practice? Oh, I just, I just, I just used used to get my, I say, hang on a second. I, I started playing guitar when I was about 14 and I used to just stay in my room as much as I could, just playing guitar, learning chords, learning, learning songs. I still practice today. I'm constantly learning new material. I'm, 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 you know, it it may be old material, but it's new to me. Uh, You never quit practicing, you know. And even some, even sometimes on your when you do an actual show, it can be, wow, I, I, I need to practice this. (laughs) Maybe practicing during the show, but now you don't. But I mean, you you're constantly having to learn. You're constantly having to practice, you know. Who was the Julie Andrews that said, I can't remember the, the exact quote. She said, the amateurs practice till they get it right. and Professionals practice till they can't do it wrong, you know? <clears throat> and uh, so just constantly practice, practice, practice. I think that's wonderful advice. All righty. Well, Byron, thanks for everything today. This has been a great experience. Well, thank you, Riley. I'm saying I'm not much of an interviewer, I don't, uh, but, but I, but I'm, I, I made it through and thank you so much. You were very professional and I, I enjoy your work too. And I think you got a good thing going on here. Well, this is a lot of fun and that's why I do it as we talked about earlier, because both of us have been doing this for long enough that I think it's important that we share what we've learned. And, yeah. uh, and so again, thanks and congratulations. You've been listening to the band of one podcast. I'm writing Wilson and thanks for joining us. And my special guest, John Byron Heaney this week. Oh, once again, your webpage is, it's jbhcountry.com. jbhcountry.com. You can yeah, like, like John, like John Byron Haney. That's jbhcountry.com. jbhcountry.com. So check out uh, Byron's webpage. And uh, thanks for checking out the, the, the Bandwood podcast. I'm Roddy Wilson. We'll do this again in the near future. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, you can get in touch with us through our podcast page, or you can contact me directly through my webpage, which is guitarpagesemper.com. See you next time. Uh, thanks, Mike.